Hey, everybody, we are back for another great episode of More Than the Title. I'm your host, Jared Thomas. As usual, we have a special, special guest today, a special episode for you guys. So, this brother right here is a good friend of mine. We work very closely together, but he has 15 years of experience in the industry, um, specifically in the sports and entertainment industry. Worked at places like Mohegan Sun, WWE, and currently is the director of social media for Hard Rock International. Shout out to the AC team over there. I'm coming to see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> but my good friend, Justin Leslie, how are you, brother? I'm good, my man. Just enjoying this rainy weather out here in Miami, but I'm happy to hop on and you know, talk talk with you man i'm looking forward to it um give you a little insight on my career and some of the you know you know mis- mistakes i've made and I'm, you know some of the success i've had that that's that's it man that's what it's about so for anybody who's just listened so for, for all the first time listeners this is what the premise of the show is right so it's more than a title and what i wanted to start the show is is to give people another Another show, other than the same old marketing tips and tricks, right? If it's SEO, you're talking about Python and JavaScript. If you're talking about digital marketing, you're talking about attribution and this and that. And everybody's an expert nowadays. But I'm a firm believer that there's more lessons in the stories that you tell, right? Like, so we've had conversations with CEOs who've slept in their cars for four or five months in order to bootstrap and get their business off the ground, right? That resilience and that, you know, perseverance, those stories is what really resonates with me and I love to hear. So, you know, um, and that's where we came up with the with the show, man. So it's an honor to have you on, brother. And if you want, man, let's let, let's start at the top, man. Let, let's get to yeah. know a little bit more about you, brother. So how, how did you get in the industry? And tell us a little bit about your, your, your early, you know, your early start. Yeah, so I start, um, you know, I worked at Mohegan Sun in college. So I was like a server. I was a, a host. I worked at uh, the Wolf Den, which was like free yes. entertainment. So I got to see all the old school acts come in for, in, you know, no admission. Um, and just kind of like I started falling in love with music at an early age. Um, worked my way through college there. And then, you know, networked. Um, I saw an opening for an internship in advertising, PR. Uh, I took that internship. Um, that was probably about a year before I graduated. And then once I graduated, things fell into place. I saw an opening in corporate public relations. Uh, took a job right out of college. Um, I had like what month off, <laughs> but you know, knock, you know, knock on wood, I was very blessed that that happened for me. And then yeah, I learned corporate PR, um, gaming PR, and then I did that roughly for about four years. And then I got to see the ins and outs of the publicist of the arena there. So the arena at Mohegan Sun, you know, 10,000 seat arena, I'm one of the top five, you know, rated by billboard in the world. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was kind of, you know, looking at my chops, be like, hey, maybe this position opens up one day. And sure, then enough, um, he ended up leaving and I went for the interview. Um, I grew with the company. They saw my dedication and yeah, I got right into it. And then it was working with artists from all over the world. Um, you know, you name it, I've seen them. I have a whole wall of credentials that I kind of save. Just so, because I'm getting old now, I got to remember, you know, like, oh, yeah, I saw it on my stuff. You know, bro. <laughs> yeah, and PR, I, and through college, uh, my goal is I always wanted to be a publicist. Like, that was it. Um, my mom is a huge, um, you know, God bless her, she uh, loves celebrities. So growing up on, you know, growing up watching, like, Entertainment Tonight, yep. you know, that was kind of what I was, you know, raised on. And I was like, you know, what? I want to do that. I want to be a publicist. So um, I accomplished that at the age of 25. Uh, so I'm already at a good start, right? Yeah. And you know, it was, it, it was great. You know, writing press releases, doing um, escorts for photographers, videographers, doing property tours, um, getting to know the journalists. Um, you know, it's kind of like just now I did corporate PR. Now I'm in gaming. I'm in gaming and I'm in entertainment. 
And then social media took off. Um, that was about when I was 25, 27 years old. That's when it started booming. And so we were kind of thinking, how could I use the, the, my skills of publicist to get Mohegan Sun some social love? So then we started doing interviews. So one of the first uh, shout out videos I got was Kevin Hart. And I mean, that was one of the first ones. And um, it was New Year's Eve. He did a, um, a stand up at the arena, New Year's Eve. And I got him. Kevin just having a little bit of fun. So he was feeling a little, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if he was doing a little bit, but he was good. The uh, video was great. Um, and that was a big get for me. And then we got others, uh, you know, Sean Kingston, um, the Wahlbergs when they'd come in. Uh, yeah, it was just great using that connection and getting us content. And that's how I got into the industry. And then lo and behold, WWE opens up. Boom, I slide right in there. I did that for seven years. And the stories alone in that. And that trip was just amazing. I, I, I would love to hear the WWE stories. Then. And I'm very curious. So, like, I know you said the entertainment tonight and, like, the PR is a natural transition or social. So I totally get that, right? But, like, yeah. where did that passion come from, though, to be a PR? Like, aside from it, like, was there anything else aside from that that's like, man, this is what I'm passionate about? Where did that come from? The Sorry, you broke up a little bit. The social media aspect or the PR? Well, the PR, you know, because you came in. You, yeah. So what I loved about your story is that you came in, you was in college and you was already you was wearing multiple hats. Like like us all, man, I was a waiter, too. When I was, you know, what mm-hmm. I mean? right out of high school, I was a waiter. I was serving coffee. I was a barista. I was working at Dallas BBQ, smelling like ribs. It was craziness. Right. Yeah. And then I transitioned into sales. But like what made you like I bumped, I accidentally bumped into sales. So that's why I'm curious. Like, was it an accident or was it something that you planned? And if it was something planned, like where was the passion that came from for that? So my grandfather was um, an, he was in advertising. So that's why I did go to school for advertising and, you know, PR, or advertising, communications, what have you. But um, I had a um, my mentor, uh, Ken Warren at Southern Connecticut State University. Mm-hmm. He was just like a teacher. He was a publicist as well, has his own PR company. And that's where I fell in love with it. He taught his style of teaching. Either you hated him or you loved him. Um, there was no. <laughs> no in-betweens people are seen cry in class but it was just his style and he was a straight shooter didn't cut any crap um and i i don't, I don't say i was one of his favorite students but i know i was pretty up much I, I was up there a little bit um <laughs> and it got me into public speaking and then i still would go back and um even to this day go back to his class and speak to his students but he's a big reason why i got into pr and the transition okay. to social media i think is very easy and public relations you're telling stories and in social media, doing the same thing. Same. And I think that's kind of, you know, where I transitioned to social media for PR is I now have the ability to um, use it, use because it, it could be bad, but it could be very good. And yeah. telling stories and, you know, like right now, like at WWE, a lot of the events we worked on, Susan G. Coleman, um, how, showing the wrestlers and the fans and the interactions. Um, that was some of the best work I think I did there. And, uh, you know, be a star rallies, anti-bullying. Um, that was kind of a lot of the good content I did there was from those events and bringing that to Hard Rock and being able to tell stories here with our employees and the work we do around the world, I think, is uh, something I think transition easy. That, that's amazing, brother. And, and and we'll go into the WWE. And I just wonder, what was the what is the one you have one story from Mohegan Sun as far as an event or something that she was doing that was really, really stressful for you, but you end up turning out better than you expected. Did you have one of those? Um, How did you persevere? I persevere. Bad, bad story at Mohegan. Uh, I mean, I, I made some mistakes at Mohegan. I did make one, and I did, there wasn't no escaping it. Um, I just had to 
bite the bullet. Uh, we were opening a poker room there, and I was a specialist, and we had some reporters come in and kind of act like a poker student for the day. And I, my boss left early, which, you know, I, I, I don't know why. <laughs> Trust me, right? Um, and then um, I, I, I uh, allowed some information on some certain rates that weren't allowed to go out. Uh, and then I, you know, I'm sweating and I'm just like calling the reporters and like, I'm just like, oh, like, hey man, can you not run that? And they're like, oh, I got to do our job. And it's like, ah, oh, yes, wow. I'm just reading, because it happened on a Friday. So all weekend I'm looking at, I'm looking at the newspapers and like, I'm like going on my phone. I'm like, oh, cool. They didn't run it. Oh, cool. They didn't run it. Sunday. Oh, they ran it. And the biggest day of the week, oh, Sunday. So yeah. Um, Luckily, I persevered after that. Worked my, I got, I earned the trust back. Um, ended up not being as terrible as I thought. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of the worst thing that happened at Mohegan. <laughs> and then um, just, I have a, I don't know if you have celebrity stories. Just uh, you know, making sure we get like, I, I remember. Okay, uh, so we had Jay Z there, and okay. and in the pre-show meeting, I find out. Um, Beyonce's gonna be in attendance at Kim Kardashian. So I'm like, oh, cool. You know, like, so I go to like one of our team members and like, you know, I don't know how you know if PR works, but like, until you get, you know, news clips, what have you. Yeah. But I got one of our team members and I'm like, hey, you know, Beyonce and Kim Kardashian are here tonight. And then I turn right behind me and it's the security like head of security and he's like what <laughs> and i'm like oh no no she's on my team on my team he's like yes yeah, so tell anybody that i'm like yeah well i'm just sweating just you know uh, all right what happened again sir sorry well, yeah that was <laughs> that was another i could imagine that was a, a cool story man i could have like just meeting yeah. all those celebrities right and just being in the same rooms with them having those conversations like i had i had a similar situation like that when i worked at con you know what I mean? So when yeah. you meet the stars and you're like, holy crap, I can't believe I'm in the same room right now. So, and actually you brought up Kevin Hart was really cool. Kevin Hart yeah. was the last office I went to before the pandemic. So he's the last oh, wow. I went to go visit right before the pandemic. And it was a crazy story, man. Like basically I'll give you the quick rundown and it's yeah. kind of go into how you persevere. So I just got at the agency. I never told this. Um, I've got a meeting. I knew the VP, I knew the CEO, right? So mm -hmm. I knew, you know, from a prior business dealings or whatever, whatever, just happen to reach out to him. You go through your book of business. Hey, man, what's up? I'm at the SEO, whatever, whatever. Oh, I happen to need it. Okay. I'm like, yeah, I got one. So I'm so happy. I'm like, I got the CEO of Laugh Out Loud, man. I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm killing it. I told my founder and all that stuff. And he sends me an invitation, right? A calendar invite, but it had the address of the location. Oh. So I'm like, so I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to Cali. <laughs> I told him. <laughs> <laughs> I told my boss, I said, I don't give, I don't care if you pay for it or not. I'm going to Cali. Like he just invited me. That's my boy. That's my bro. Yeah. And long story short, he pays for the trip. We get in there. Super Bowl weekend, man. Something told me to reach out just to confirm on Friday night. So I'm like, hey, man, just letting you know, man, we're already booked, man. We'll see you over there at 12 o'clock. Just let me know if I need anything to get in the building. Get in the building. This is a virtual call, Jared. I said, what? Oh. <laughs> it's a virtual call. Oh. So, man, this is like my second or third week at the job. Oh. I'm up sweating bullets, just like, oh, my. I'm like, yeah. I don't care who's scoring. I'm sitting there emailing them back and forth. He CC'd somebody else on the team. Can we make it work? And I just have to keep it real. Like, guys, my job depends on this. I gotta, I'm going out there, and I got to see somebody. Can I, I'll see the janitor. I don't care who I see, but I have to come to this office. Long story nice. short, I had, I had to tell my boss. We get on the plane. We see Spike Lee on the plane, which was crazy. Never seen him. Mm -hmm. We land there. As soon as we land, my boss won't even look at me. 
I get the text, come in. <laughs> 20, 20 minutes from the meeting, we're all the way in LAX. We made it there two minutes before, man. And that was the, and that was, and we ended up being in his office, getting tour, and it actually was a successful meeting, bro. That was the craziest, but you know, I know what you meant, but I could have easily folded in that moment and been like, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, same way with you, man. I'm like, nah, man, I'm just gonna, I got a man up. I messed yeah. up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Crazy stories, man. With China, for the celebrity, man. I saw, I, it would have been anybody else, it would have been, you know, Mr. Klein in Nebraska. <laughs> right. Like laughing yeah. loud in our, I'm going, man. But um, yeah. I love, love the transition too, man, to WWE, man, because I am a wrestling, you know, avid fan. Love wrestling. My kids are into wrestling, all that good stuff, man. What was the interview process like? And like, what was that experience like when you first so, got? So the team was relatively new. Um, there was only one social media. Well, there was a team on, like at the desk, but they needed a road team. Uh, they were pushing now. They wanted live event content. Uh, content. So I had roughly three interviews. Um, uh, that's how the interviews went. And I was big into Attitude Era, but I stopped watching um, a little, you know, once I went to college, girls came along. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped, I, you know, I stopped watching. Yeah. So what I did was um, I rented the video game and just studied the wrestlers, their music, their moves, um, started watching. And, you know, I, I, you start getting into it and you pick up where you left off as a kid. And, and the interview process, it was good. I had a big portfolio of all the stuff I did at Mohegan. So I, had to show, I showed them news clips, celebrities I worked with. So I'm a very you know visual person. So I like to put it right in front of them and see the reactions. And so I met with the team the first interview. Uh, second interview, I met with the VP. And then I met with uh, SVP. And, yeah, I was on my way home uh, from Stanford to Norwich, Connecticut. And they said, hey, you got the job. Pulled over the side of the road, celebrated a little bit. Start got back on the highway again, sat in 95 for three hours. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. That's where the headquarters is. Everybody don't know. Where yeah. so Stanford is where the WWE headquarters is. So I can imagine how that felt. And, and so what, what was it like? So it was an early team, right? So like what goes yeah. into when you're building, especially for a legacy in a big brand like WWE, right? Like, so what was your mindset going into that role? And, you know, what were some of the things that you were like, you wanted to implement immediately? Yeah, so back, uh, so this was a you know new position, so we kind of had room margin forever because we're the first yeah. ones to ever do it. Uh, we had a social media manager that worked for all SmackDown, and then we hired he hired uh, myself and still so, so good friends to this day, Nick Samponia, who's actually director over there now for social media. Yeah. Um, we were the road producers, so he would get a brand and I would get a brand. Um, so he would do let's say Raw, so he'd go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, back on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That was his schedule. I had SmackDown a little easier. So I do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, off a little bit, go back to the office and go back. So that was our schedule. So we're traveling just like um, the wrestlers. So we're hopping on a a plane, going straight to a hotel, and then you're getting a rental car. You go to to the arena, you leave into the next city. And you do that like every week. Uh, so there was kind of like the, some wow. somewhat built-in respect between our squad, our road team, and then I think the talent. Because I mean, we did the same travel schedule as them. We, you know, we weren't taking bumps every night. But, you know, we, we did uh, kind of, we could relate to them. And, you know, that's how you got to feel for it. You could see, yeah. you can, I mean, I think some, one of my strengths is interpersonal communication. And yeah. seeing when a person's approachable to get content. Um, I think I, I could read a person really well. Like if they're, I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna get it from Randy tonight. You know, I know Randy Orton's not gonna, <laughs> nope, it's not, not the night to, not the night to do that. 
So what I brought to the table and what I wanted to bring is capturing fan reactions, video on the ground, posting it live. And back when I started, you know, nine years ago, you know, it was all cell phone. Um, we ended up, you know, going up to DSLRs, the cameras, yeah. and, you know, the, the heavy lens. That's where they're at now. And it's crazy to see. We went from a team of two. And I believe there's five guys there now. Um, and what happened in my journey there is I was working in Connecticut, flying out, and I saw NXT take off. And that was like development. Yeah. And I was going down once a week for the tapings. And I told my boss, I was like, you know, why don't you just move me down there? And he thought about it. I kept bugging him, bugging him. And eventually they uh, moved me down to Orlando, where I became the manager of NXT. So wow. that essentially is programming like, these superstars to be social media experts or, you know, or social media like responsible. So when they go to the roster, they don't need to be taught. They know how to speak to fans. They know how to promote shows. They know how to talk about, you know, talk smack with others superstars what? so they're trained you know so and it's, it's almost like being like a teacher or whatever they graduate they go up you're like oh i miss that guy you know i don't see him as much as i used to and i love i love doing that and that that's you know, that's the ability to um pass along knowledge being a resource to these guys earning their respect um and traveling the world with them too and nxt went on the road and i was back i thought i got lucky for a little bit i was just in orlando and they're like nah we're going on the road too so, I did that for uh, five years, which I love. And then, unfortunately, uh, you know, COVID struck and you know, I was furloughed. And then, you know, like I, like a lot of people around the country, I, um, yeah. you know, had to take some time off and look for a position. But my position was eliminated. So yeah. what can you do there? A lot of businesses did it. And uh, no hard feelings. I got much love and still talk to all my old colleagues at WWE. Yeah, man. Shout out to WWE, man. And yeah. I shout out to you, man, for the travel. Yeah. What the yeah, hell? bro. <laughs> I, you know, it's crazy. I've been to Australia, Saudi Arabia. I, I, I say I live there. I was there for two weeks, but it might as well be like feel like feel like I live there. Um, <laughs> Saudi Arabia, Australia, the UK. I managed the NXT UK brand, so I was going to um, the UK every month uh, for at least three days, flying back and then doing a road loop here in the US. So I mean, I earned these bags, but I, <laughs> I earned these. <laughs> I feel you, man. Uh, that's amazing, man. Out of all the out of all the wrestlers that you that you worked with and interacted with, and that mm -hmm. you especially gave the trainings to, who would you say implemented it the best? Who do you think had the best social media profile uh, out of the wrestlers that you worked with? And why? Uh, Becky Lynch is really good. Becky Thank Lynch you. is really good at uh, you know, riling up people. You almost know, like, hey, is she like shooting on this person? Like, she's really good at it. Um, Alexa Bliss, very yeah. good. Um, I think Liv Morgan now she's doing really well with her social media. She's she got she did it good as in when she wasn't on TV, she was making herself still in the conversation. So she's she was very good in that aspect and just constantly building a fan base and make putting herself out there, even necessarily she wasn't out there. Now she's one of the biggest stars on TV right now. Yep, I'm saying man, and I, I've got to ask this man: you ever you ever met? Well, you ever interacted with Vince? Oh uh, yes, I so I worked on Tough Enough, so that uh, I was dealing with Vince a lot, um, you know, shooting photos of him on the set, um, going through Gorilla, making sure I got coverage from, you know, the cast, or the cast members, but the talent that was on the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Vince, very intimidating man, very firm handshake. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but you know, always said hello, always friendly. 
Yeah, you always hear some stories about him, but you know, I always nothing. He was always kind to me when I had our interactions. That that dude is the master marketer. Yeah, you know what I mean, and how he built that brand and developed that brand, especially in the early '90 days. Like, I would love to know from that dude. Like, identifying talent is the hardest part, and then creating the story behind the talent is what made them the stars. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, so coming up with that storytelling, what the process is like, you know, and like. For the wrestlers, right? What if I didn't like that story, right? You know what I mean? I want to go to another yeah. story and and just being able to buy in across the board. So many different things have to go right in order for somebody to be, you know, to take off and go to the moon like the rock, the stone colds. You know what I mean? They really changed the game. So that's that's amazing. And for that dude to be 50 years old was still suplexing people. <laughs> dude, he was just took a bump like a couple months ago. <laughs> really? Yeah, he, He's insane. He's in insane shape for his age, and I don't think he ever misses a day of work. He's always working, so I think that's what keeps him going. That's kind of like his, uh, whatever that was, one of those, those cryotic chambers, or whatever you call. Them. I think that's like. I think work is that for him. Yeah, man, that, that's insane. Yeah. I'm curious for you too, man. So you said like you know he's always working and things like that. Man, what's what's next for you, man? What do you get excited about in terms of like the industry, the space, especially where you're at right now? Like, what's something that that's that keeps you up, man, and gets you excited? So yeah, um, here I have the fortunate ability to to do, like I said before, tell stories. So um, right now we have Pride Month going on. So a lot of the stuff you'll see what we're putting out um, is talking to our LGBT employees uh, that work in the cafes throughout the world, putting together packages like that. Um, we have Founders Day coming up, which is our company birthday. So it, it's and every activation putting kind of a little sauce on it and, yeah. and kind of... Um, you know, bringing a new new approach. Um, I'm fortunate enough too to have a boss and a team here that uh, gives me a lot of creative freedom. You know, I'm not micromanaged, and I have you know a great team around me to almost kind of do what I can to make the brand, um, you know, tell a story. Like I said before, and then sell an experience. And you know, it's not just food or you know hotels what have you it's an experience it's a feeling when you get when you go to hard rock and how do you convey that on social media and what keeps me going is and not in social media space like the platforms are evolving they're changing so it's kind of staying on top of it and you know using your powers for good and yeah. and i'm excited to see what's next and if i can be an investor in it because i would like to you know get some of that money but, <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's what yeah. I'm trying to do, too, brother. So, like, yeah. so what do you think about the Web 3.0 era? Because I've talked to a few different guests about this, right? So where do you see that involving, right? And what do you think is the investment point, like, in that, in terms of, like, you know, what are the what are the opportunities for Web 3.0 for people like you and I? I mean, like, kind of, I mean, what do you mean, like, where it's, where it's headed, where it's going? With, yeah, yeah, like, where it's know? headed. And like you, like you said, like, investment opportunities and, like, new tech and things like that. I, like, for me personally, I can start just to give you context, right? Um, it's going to be the creator, right? And whoever builds the yeah. community, right? And that's what it's all going to be about, experience, right? So even then in sales, I tell people this all the time. I scream this to the mountains, but nobody listens sometimes. But it's like the, the buyer journey has changed. The same way yeah. we used to communicate with our buyers back in 2012, like, you're not going to pick up a damn cold call, Justin, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and if you do, it's got to be really damn good <laughs> you know what I mean? for somebody to get your attention. So, yeah, like, yeah I mean, you're, and that's what you're seeing. A lot of use of influencers paid, you know, like that's the kind of thing I, I find challenging, too, is is that a good thing for brands? Is that a bad thing for brands? Like paying paid influencers? Like I always ask myself that question when I come up with an activation, you know, 
are we selling our souls to make the you know, it's like yeah. for real it's it's yeah. like some kids now like they see that as a career opportunity um school's been yeah. kind of second question now um there a lot of them can be like hey i can go grow my instagram tiktok audience and i even have to go to college and i see it and that's it that's a lot of people eat you know e-commerce is driven by them uh, i mean that kardashians weren't you know born overnight they built an empire um through all their social media it's, it's yeah. insane but that's the, that's the key, man. So me, like, I'm kind of wary of, of influencer marketing, but I definitely understand the power of it. But anybody who has the power to have a, a cultivated community and to have them make actions, right? That's the, that's the key. Like anybody can have followers, right? But if I can put up something and say Hard Rock is doing X Y Z, or whoever is doing X Y Z, and then somebody goes in and actually purchases, and us be able to attract that. But that's the problem, and that's where the dark social stuff comes into play because. You're never really going to have a true accurate number of what the impact was, right? Because I might see right. the ad, then click on it. I came in, still had me a burger. You know, I went in, yeah. to the table, put two, three hundred dollars on. How do you, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like this value yeah. to it. But how do you, how do, you, what is the value? How do you put the value on that? Yes, exactly. So that's what I kind of do anytime I'm looking at that is looking at, you know, the engagements, the communication. Because I mean, yeah, the likes, that's that's great no you know anyone can go by and, but how is that content sticking in that person's brain are they commenting on it? you know that's that's it i think you know you got to have people commenting engaging and that's what we that's what i look for i can have a campaign that reaches millions of people but how many engagements that you know like how many how do you how many impressions like how how do i gauge how do i make that a conversion how do i sell that to my boss on this campaign that i get all this money for well, how can I turn that into like a, a tangible number? Yeah. You know, that's what you're looking that, at. That's the name of the game. And how, that's yeah. something too, I, I would be curious for you. Like, so for instance, when you have these big campaigns or you have an idea to come up with some some massive creative for whatever promotion that you're going, how do you get executive buy-in on your vision, right? Because I hear that a lot from social media managers and I would love to hear your take on that, bro. So, you know, I always come up with a storyboard for every campaign I have. Tell us, you know, have a storyboard. Um, and I, so the campaign I worked on recently is the Messy Burger. So, and that's like, I mean, yeah. I mean that's Leo, you know, Leo Messi, one of the biggest stars in the world, right? <laughs> so it's kind of um, selling them on, all right, here's an IG filter we want to use. Here's the reason why, we, this is why we want to do it. You know, here's the money behind it. Yes or no. And that's really how the process goes yeah. i mean it's presenting uh the ideas and if, you, if i can come up with a good reason and a good number um you know usually i get the green light and that's how it's how it's gone so with messy you know we've had billboards all across the world we've had influencers come in and just try the burger we um one of our first events we did back in may we used a um like four or five influencers we brought them in and had uh -huh. them make the burger in our cafe and it was having them try it and then we had them bank all the content so when we released it globally boom they throw it all out once and it was really cool makes yeah. sense and we actually um go ahead no i was gonna say i could imagine you saw a ton of lift if you all simultaneously you know activated the campaign hell yeah yeah and then we worked with this company uh, it's called influer are you familiar with it it's like brand new so a startup mm -hmm. um they're all, all women owned uh and it's an app it's like uber for influencers so you can go in i swear you can go in and see like oh this person you know they this is the content they've done uh, I, I could put out a project and then they come and like be like oh yeah i want to do this i want to do this here's how much it would be like it's insane yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, like, that's the crazy part but like even with that it's kind of like the nft shit and i was talking about this to another guest too right 
like the value of, I would love to learn more about the business of that because who determines the value of that moment? That's what the NFTs is, right? So if I take a picture of, you know what I mean, Steph Curry hit a three last night in the third quarter in three minutes, right? And or Gary V, he scribbles a little damn message on a on a piece of paper, sells it for three thousand dollars, right? But if I scribble yeah. some shit, it's worth it's worthless. So who determines the real value of and it's kind of similar to that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I mean, if I'm in a phone yeah. with fifteen thousand followers. I don't want to overcharge you, but I damn sure don't want to undercharge you. So how mm-hmm. would I no, you're right. I that number? Yeah, you just yeah but, I mean, cloud, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just go, ah, all right. Let's you know, let's make a smart decision here. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's a tough industry. I think we're still learning a lot more about it. You know, about how to gauge you know content for influencers and pricing and all that stuff. I think you're still learning and still going to evolve. You know, because. Yeah. It's going to be saturated. The prices go down. They go up. Is what each one platform get more than the other? Why? It's it's a yeah. whole it's a whole other world. It's a whole other world, and I'm glad I'm not in charge of it. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what I'm saying. It's a whole lot of variables. But but then it's the same thing. Similar to you know to me in a conversation me and you have offline, right? Just right. Yeah. The influence and the personal branding stuff, right? So what mm-hmm. is the? There is really no difference, right? So that's right. what I struggle with. I struggle with, and shout out to my team, because I love my team. This is not specific or anything like that. This is just for anybody who's developing a personal brand, right? You are technically an influencer. Everybody is an influencer, right? If I go, yeah. if I tell, you know, my friends that, you know, Jurassic Park, the new one was was fired. I saw my kid, my friends who know me personally are going to take, oh, I'm going to take the kids and go see it. Jay said it was cool, right? So that's influence. But then you're just scaling that, right? Same thing with personal branding. So I struggle with, you're with the company, you paid for a certain service, right? But personal brand is not part of the JD. How do you determine the value of what you do? And it's only going to get bigger as time grows, right? So it's like yeah. from the brand standpoint, how do they retain and keep somebody, let's say, you know, somebody starts on your team and they end up growing to a million followers. Like, how the hell do you retain that person? Yeah. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, that's a good thing. That's a good question. Because you see that with a lot of campaigns. Um, people will have like, I mean, that's, that's something I'm closely monitoring, too, right now, yeah. even what we're doing with Messi. How many are we retaining? You know, like, how many is that coming? Because we're going to get an influx, but I, mean, I want to see, you know, how many people we're keeping. And how do we keep them? You know, how do I relate to this new audience of football fans? How do I do that? So, I mean, now, I mean, now we hop into Pride Month. I mean, we got so many things going on. We just did a big Messi launch. We're going to Pride Month, and then we go into our birthday, and then we go into BST. And not to mention, we just did F1. So we got a racing follower. We got all these people, you know, now that we've been exposed to with partnerships. How do we keep them all? And then how do we entertain them? You know, I mean, that's and that's the challenge. And it's a fun challenge. That's you know, and challenge. yeah, that's it is. And F1 was crazy. I mean, that was a three-day weekend. That was a blast. Um, that was my second time doing one of those events. We did one with WWE. But just to see how that's taking off now, like the Netflix show. And then, yeah. you know, like the, the different, you know, car companies competing with each other the celebrities they bring is bring in is quite impressive like they had uh, bad you know bad bunny there it's like almost bad rabbit bad bunny <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> they had the kardashians they had all these like crazy celebrities and it's, that's, it was like it's pretty impressive to see the you know the track they put up and then all the vip areas it's just like you're not even like tom brady and everybody's there it's like I mean, they're almost there for clout. I mean, <laughs> at that point, that's, that's what it yeah. is. But that, yeah. that's what all, that's what all this stuff is. To be honest with you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you get that clout, and that's what the power is, and that's what it is. Once again, it's the it's the clout is the person who has the power that makes the person do the action. 
And that's what you kind of want. And you associate yourself with those people. So they can say, oh, wow, he must be lit. It is like, I tell people all like, I'm not a car chase, but I like me for personally, I do this shit for relationships. Like, I don't mm. care about that. I don't care about any of that shit. Like, I love the relation, the conversation we have offline, right? And all that other stuff, right? But it's like, if you don't know me from a hole in the wall and you see me talking to yourself, you see me talking to CEO titles, like the, the restaurant, you never tried their food, but it's a line all the way down the door and out the block. You're going to assume the food is fucking good, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and I might go there yeah. and with my date or whatever. <laughs> you know what yeah. And it's the same yeah. thing. Same thing with B2B, same thing with all that stuff. So I'm very curious to see how this thing evolves, man. Like the personal branding, the influencer marketing, how experiential AR and all that stuff. You like the metaverse. That, that, that stuff. I was... Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Uh, that is something that's going to be obviously evolving and it's relatively new and we're learning a lot about it. But being like, is that a good thing? Like, would it be an avatar and like experience? I mean, I think it would be good. Possibly e-commerce could probably insert themselves in there and do some good things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how does it evolve? How is it, you know, who's going to be the big dog in that in that industry? Because everyone's trying to get a piece right now and I'm interested wow. to see where that goes and how, and then once it, where it goes, you know, once it takes off, how do we take advantage of it from a brand? How do we do it? Yeah. That's it. So, so I, it's I, definitely I, something to tune in on. Yeah, man. So, so I get the, the AR for e-commerce makes sense, right? So you, you buy yeah. a pair of Ray-Bans or, you know, some augmented reality. You walk past Macy's, there's a shirt on sale. Hey, do you like this? It's a polo Ralph Lauren. Yeah. Well, and this, yes. that, do you want to purchase? Add the car. That's where the experience is going to be, right? But then like for others, it's just the avatar shit and the metaverse shit. I don't really get, I get it, but I don't get it. How they can be multiple metaverses. So for instance, if I'm Wendy's and I have a metaverse and they're doing virtual orders and stuff like that, like, am I still, am I eating the burger virtually and they sending the shit to my house? Like still, yeah. still kind of, you know, blurry on that aspect, but like, uh, have you done it? Have no, you been? I'm, I'm trying. So to. We did one uh, in a webinar actually. Uh, it was, and we had the webinar as our avatars it was super weird okay. and uh, yeah i don't it makes you very uncomfortable <laughs> i was like i don't know if i like this <laughs> oh man i've heard so many stories i don't even know if i should stay in here but man anything's off limits right i don't but yeah. you heard that story in the metaverse about the the it was like i forgot what it was but it was basically like a lady was virtually gang raped or something like that on the, in the oh. metaverse. i'm like how, how does that happen no, yeah. So, so that's my concern is what is going to be, you know what I mean? What is off limits? Yeah. What is off limits? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're able to do some shit like that, can you right. get somebody in the metaverse? What happens if you do? Well, I mean, Crazy I even play Call, of, I play Call of Duty like uh, back in the day. And the things I heard on there, I can't imagine what happened oh, in the metaverse. It's the kids. It's the 11 it's year old thing. <laughs> from Pennsylvania Yeesh. won't let me load up. <laughs> like yeah. Calling me all yeah. types of shit, and I'm saying, yeah, two o'clock in the morning, pissed off. <laughs> yeah, makes you question parenting, and it's like, where you, where'd you grow up, kid? Where'd you grow up? <laughs> that's it, man. That's it, man. So that's I'm, that's crazy that you that you did that, man. Um, I know I don't want to keep you longer, man. I feel like I could talk no, to you for just man. So, man, so tell tell us a little bit more about like like personally, man. What do you do for fun? Uh personally, do for fun. Um, you know, I I got a dog. I got a COVID puppy, so he takes up a lot of my time now. Um, his name's Gravy. He's a the cockapoo. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just me and him. He's only one. So, uh, I do a lot of things with him. Uh, I got into cooking a little bit. So I've been, you know, cooking up some dishes, basically anything with a recipe online. I feel like confident I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gem, a lot of, yeah. 
Yeah, for real. Uh, I, you know, I work out a lot, trying to stay active. The nine to five is a little more, you know, harder. Whereas, um, you know, WWE, yeah, I think I was in the best shape of my life during COVID. I was like working out two days, two times a week, I mean, two times a day. I was doing boxing classes. I, I was pretty fit. But uh, going back into uh, nine to five, you know, that's pretty, um, I, like I said, I didn't do it for seven years. I kind of just on the road and, you know, yeah. but nine to five is tough. Do I want to wake up at 5 a.m., get a workout in, go to work? come home like you know it's tough do i do it after work before work but you definitely have to have some aspect of that in your life or your lifestyle or you're gonna just go insane like i just need that type of you know i need those endorphins rushing yeah but i do that i'm a huge uh a sports fan so like we were talking off yeah. you know offline you know rangers mets uh cowboys knicks um very troubling franchises that test my patience <laughs> and uh i do on their best at my hairline um but it's character development i like to say oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not character development got the Stephen a going uh, yeah <laughs> yeah um sports and then shows um i watch like all the popular netflix shows i've seen i follow um, right now, I'm watching The Boys, which is pretty wild. I don't know okay. if you've seen that. Yeah, I've seen, yeah. I didn't. I didn't see it yet, but I've seen it pop up. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. But yeah, that's it. It's pretty much easy. Um, yeah, and then work, and then just laid back. That's it. I got my uh, one one bedroom apartment in Hollywood now, so it's my little you know, bachelor pad, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, just hanging out, enjoying enjoying life. Love it, bro. And I'm gonna ask you something too, man. For what, as far as what does the next 10 years look like for you? What is, what, what does success, how do you define success in your career? Uh, so I don't know if it's your stereotypical answer, but being happy. Um, I don't think I would be doing what, I, what I've done if I wasn't happy. I mean, I'm, every position I've been in, I've been fortunate to love it and grow with it. Uh, you see my, my, for my resume, I was a William son, nine years, WWE, seven and a half, eight years. And then here, almost a year. So I would like to, you know, keep that pattern going. I don't, I'm not a quitter. Um, I don't like to keep, you know, if I'm not, I mean, if I'm not happy, I will change my path. But right now, um, being where I'm at, I'm very fortunate and just keep work, working with this brand and see where I can get it. Um, I want to bring it to, I want to bring it as far as I could take it and whoever takes it over next, I want to put them in a good position. Um, that's, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to go is just bring hard rock to another level. And being able to, so another goal I have You're gonna do it. is uh, WWE, we won a lot of Webbies. Um, yeah. You know, as a team won Webbies, company won almost every year. But um, here we haven't had one yet. And I'd love to bring that home this year. That's one of my short-term goals. Because um, my, uh, my vice president, Elaine Alvarez, she's uh, very loyal to me. So I'm going to be loyal to her and bring her something that she can put up on her shelf. So that'd be cool. There you go. That's what's up, man. You're going to get it and you're going to do great things, brother. I'm sure. First of all, they're lucky to have you. And I'm, you. I'm lucky to, you know, to meet you, brother. Like, seriously, in our interactions online, offline, man, I think you're you're a real guy, man. You're a good dude. Um, and it's just a pleasure to work with you, brother. So, like, I appreciate you. you taking the time out your day, man, to come to come rock Absolutely. with me. Man. It's just always a pleasure, man. Seriously. Yeah. And before I go, I have one good funny story I wrote down. I make sure I want to tell it. Uh, all right, let's do it, we man. This is back in WWE, we were um, on a road loop, and it was myself, Titus O'Neil, and Darren Young. We were all, that was like, we had like a big like, Escalade, we were driving. So I'm, I'm the driver, so I'm, you know, they're all they're arrested, they're beat up in the back seat. So uh, we're, going to, we're going to city to city, I think we were in Laredo, Texas, and then we head up a Whataburger. So then Mark gets out, he goes inside, and then um, I'm, I'm getting out of the car, stretching, whatever. 
And then Mark comes out with a bag and a cup. And then I'm like, huh, all right. I'm like, Let's bag it up. So, man, Mark, would you, would you get the drink there? And he's like, drink. He's like, it's ketchup, dog. And he said, it's a large thing of ketchup. He just takes a fistful of fries. Don't sit in the cup. Down in this car. It was the most savage thing you've seen from the world's strongest man. I thought that was a funny story to share with you. Just, you never, never judge a book by its cover. You never know what's in that cup. <laughs> never know, man. I love it, man. I could imagine. Yeah. I know you've got stories for days, bro. I wish I could oh, share, yeah. share sales, sales stories with you, man. It's crazy how, especially how I got into the industry and things like that, man. Yeah. Same, man. Like, well, we'll have I, to do it again. For sure, man. Anytime, you know, you always have an invite, brother. It's always love, man. You know, I'm probably going to text you tonight if we end up losing this game. I'm going to be pissed yes. off. Yes. You know, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, we'll so, be celebrating or, or crying. We'll be, we'll be good. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Either or, man. So thank you again, my brother. Thank you for everybody who tuned in. Um, thank you for everybody who continues to tune in. Thank you for the love, the support. You guys keep me going. It is not hard to do these things after a long nine to five day, picking yeah, up the kids good. and doing everything. Like, but you guys really keep me going, and I really appreciate all the love. Next week, we actually have two last episodes. We have Tuesday, June 14th. CEO of Hootsuite, Tom Kaiser, is going to come in and join us. So we're going to have a real conversation with him, learn about his background. And then on the 16th, which is my birthday and the last day of the podcast, is we have um, Stephen Schmidt, who's the CEO of Title, coming in, and we're going to talk about the future of sales, how he built the title, how he came up with the idea, and what's the future for Title. So, some exciting ones. Thanks for the love, and Justin, my brother, thank you for everything, man. I know I'm going to check you out, and thanks for everybody for tuning in for another great episode of More Than a Title. See you guys. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you, brother.